Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Get busy dreaming or get busy dying because it's time for another episode of Katie Keencast. I'm Alex. I'm Justin, the dreamer uh, in chief, out there living the dreams as I'm dreaming the dreams. I'm Pete. And as mentioned, this is Katie Keencast, a podcast about the CW's Katie Keen. We're going to be talking about Ooh. Chapter 12, Chain, Chain, Chain. Chain of Fools. That's right. This time, I feel like I've got it wrong the past couple of times. That was you nailed on. It. Uh, the pitch was perfect. Every note oh, was. Uh, is this impeccable. the uh, season finale? You no, ask that every week. Still... Great question. There is still one more episode of Katie Keen after uh, this. This is the penultimate episode of season. Okay. One. All right. All right. We don't yet know if it's been picked up for season two. I would say, given the fact that nobody is really canceling anything on TV, it's pretty likely it's going to come back. But we'll sweet, see what happens. Sweet. Yeah, we'll bring see. it back, guys. Come on. What are we waiting for? Whatever it is, let's treasure these last couple of hours with our New York friends who get to be outside and touch oh. each other and yeah, hang out tough with to each watch other. Sometimes. To, it is tough to watch, particularly at the end of this episode where they're all having a party together. And, oh, my God. Yeah. The pepper uh, plant scene. I was like, this, guys, this isn't safe. Yeah. This <laughs> is not you gotta safe. You got to put on some masks. Get some distance yeah. here. No. Let it a limited amount of people, please. This show's unrealistic because of that reason. <laughs> yes. That's the only thing that is not, does not match up cleanly with our reality. Yeah. yeah. Now, before well, we get into it, let's do some recap for what's happened on Katie oh, Keene so far, starting with Katie Keene herself. Lots of stuff, as usual, going on in her life. She has been apprenticing and apprenticing, if oh, you know what boy. I mean, on, with man. a guy yes. named Guy LaMontagna, a.k.a. Satan, a.k.a. Lucifer, a.k.a. the Prince of Lies. He <laughs> is a fashion as we learned As we learned on the show, The Apprentice... The only way to apprentice is to have sex with a person in charge of whatever that is. <laughs> yes, this is true. Uh, she That's how you up... know that Scott Baio had sex with Donald Trump. 
Yes. Oh. Well, that's confirmed, right? Like that was yeah, printed in the uh, the Daily Hail, I believe. Yes, exactly. Yes. The only paper I believe. The paper of record, they call it. So Katie is sleeping with her boss, Kylo and Tanya, uh, but they seem to have a little bit of an equal creative partnership, at least when we're going into this episode. He is trying to help her along the line of her fashion career, though obviously they hit a couple of wrinkles this week. Big wrinkles, potentially. Uh, (laughs) She also has an ex-boyfriend named K.O. Kelly, I want to say K.O. Keen, but he hasn't taken her last name yet. Uh, K.O. Kelly, he is a boxer. He broke up with her. He is currently dating a girl named Zandra Cabot, who we'll get to in a moment. Uh, and uh, Katie still kind of has feelings for him. What, uh, what, other what, things you should... Yeah. What, 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 he punched out Guy LaMontagna in the ne- last episode. I think that's an important part. Yes, that is he important. He was K.O. and he dropped him. Yeah, he didn't drop him. He didn't knock him out. Ironically, he, he did not KO him. And I'll tell you what, he didn't face no repercussions. It was despite the fact that was not justified. Um, whoa, whoa! Well, it does. It pays justified. off this episode when they start calling him TKO Kelly. Yes, exactly. Knocked right. down KD. Yes, exactly. Uh, so that's what's. Oh, the other things that you need to know about Katie are all of her other jobs, including she is co-managing the personal shopper department with resident mean girl Amanda, who really does not like Katie at all. Uh, Gloria Vanderbilt, who previously ran the personal shopping department, is gone. So everything is a mess. And also, as it turns out, in fact, Katie does still have a job working on the windows at yeah. Lacey's department store with Francois. She mm. is supposed to help him, Francois. but that's kind of, that's just the job that's fell by the wayside. So there you go. That's what's going on with Katie. Let's move over to Josie. Josie is dating a guy named Alex Cabot, who is her manager slash boyfriend. He is, as you can imagine, the brother of Zandra Cabot. Zandra Cabot does not like Josie very much at all. Alex Mm -hmm. does like Josie, but he is having some troubles because he has cut all ties with his family, specifically his father, whose name is Mr. Cabot, uh, who (laughs) holds all the purse strings in in the company and the family and everything else. And Alex has been trying to make it on his own as a manager, as a producer, unfortunately made some bad investments specifically with Josie and also, Katie's friend, Pepper Smith. Yes, Pete. Also, uh, the Cabot Jr. has a drinking problem. Yes. Yes, he does have a bit of a drinking problem coming on. Um, the Pete over trying to get, Pete's trying to get in on the recap. Yeah, this is interesting. You never want to do recap. You, You're like, get through sure this. And if we're going to do this... You know, if we're going to do this BS, we just got to make sure we're doing it right. That's all. Not BS. <laughs> nope. It's important in, in case uh, you haven't watched the show in a while, but you're listening to the podcast. Maybe you're revisiting the podcast later on, but not watching the show. Or maybe just uh, the show is very complicated and it's hard to keep track of everything. That's what <laughs> we're here for. So Pepper Smith, meanwhile, is a con woman. She has a lot of secrets in her checkered past, including a ex-wife who is named Hannah Melvy. Hannah Melvy, uh, which, as we found out, thanks to an intrepid listener, is based on Adam Melvy, a real life scammer. Thank you, yes. real life listener, who let us know about that. Uh, yeah, that great. Is, uh, yeah, it was a really good catch. Um, but uh, they had a bunch of dust-ups in the past. Hannah Melvy, before she left town, revealed 
Pepper's secrets, or at least some of her secrets, to Alex Cabot. Josie kind of knows some of her secrets already, as she found them out organically on her own. Uh, But Pepper, in the meantime, is trying to hold everything together while she is also opening up a multi-use art space called The Pepper Plant. And she has said all along that The Pepper Plant is all for her friends, but it certainly seems like she's squirreling away a lot of money from her friends at the same time, including money that she took from a production she set up for Josie and Jorge, who we'll get to in a moment, uh, to perform Kiss of the Spider-Woman. Now, Jorge mm. is has a drag queen guys named Ginger Lopez, performs at Molly's Crisis. Money has been pretty tight there, as well as in his home with his parents. Uh, they have been undercharging for the rent as his apartment, uh, and things they may, in fact, lose their building, as we find out this episode. So Jorge has been taking a bunch of other jobs, uh, and things have also been changing up at Molly's Crisis at the same time. There's a whole economic instability thing, I guess, happening in this version of New York City, which seems very weird, (laughs) very alien, and again, not relatable at all. Uh, But uh, (laughs) yeah, that's that's Jorge. He also dated two guys, Bernardo and Buzz. They don't quite come up this episode, but certainly his dual breakups drive a lot of Jorge's actions as we go forward. Uh, and I think that's probably it. I think we can get into it now. Uh, we should well, say that who it. Amanda is. Amanda is Katie's friend um, yes. or slash enemy uh, who yeah, is co-running um, the Lacey's, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, personal shopper department, I guess. But Amanda definitely um, is the one who's taking the lead because uh, Katie works in nine jobs. Yep, she does. And she's Amanda is the star of the show, right? Basically, yes. Yeah. Amanda Question Mark. That's the name of this show. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into it. Justin, you want to walk us through this one? Let's do it. We kick it off with a huge pepper recap at the top Mm -hmm. of the episode, which I thought was really cool. Um, It really set the stage and made it like, oh, buckle up. This is a big pepper episode. Um, And to do that without having to um, spread the wealth, I thought was a really cool choice. I I hope more shows do stuff like that. I also really like the fact that they they talk about for the kind of first time uh, the fact that there is the romanticized New York and the real and what really happened. And that's kind of like the show acknowledging the fact that it does romanticize New York a little bit. And then also there is what kind of uh, people hear about Pepper and then what actually ha- uh, uh, happens well, with Pepper. Let's be fair. Even the gritty side of New York that Katie Keene shows is still a very heavily romanticized version of New York. Sure, sure. Like they go what a little into about? uncut gems later in the episode, but it's like a very pleasant uncut gems, like a non-stressful uncut gems. Do you feel like um, the main word you used to describe this show is gritty? <laughs> uh, yeah, gritty Keene. A gritty reimagining of... Uh, You're talking about the Philadelphia mascot, Gritty? Yes. Who no, I heard, yeah. I, if they do a second season, I assume will be uh, take the place of Pepper um, as yeah. the fourth uh, <laughs> member of the cast. <laughs> How uh, would we tell the difference, right? Exactly. Oh, come on. I'm trying to open the Gritty plant. It's a multi-use <laughs> space. <laughs> We're Gritty. I, I, gritty, gritty doesn't talk, right? Not but I yet, imagine but Gritty talk like that, which is Cookie Monster. It's so, not Cookie you know. Monster. Yeah. No. 
Gritty is a much dis- different monster than Cookie Monster. Gritty eats people <laughs> while Cookie Monster eats cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I I like this opening as well. I thought this was really fun. Set the like scabby Ocean's Eleven sixties crime movie version of Pepper's story that they were doing. And they paid that off visually a lot of the episode. Later yeah. on, as she's walking through Chinatown, there's a really fun 70s style zoom that yeah. happens there um, out to the street. Was that, uh, that the was a- uncut diamonds, the Canal Street stuff? Are you serious? Uncut gems. Uncut, uncut gems. gems? And no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, no, but I'm saying like there's a zoom out. There's a big zoom out where you see the whole street. That's all. Yeah. Um, and I liked the way also this this opening sequence made everything seem very fun, but also gave us that underpinning of dread that we've all been sort of expecting and suspicious of when it comes to Pepper. Um, And then we get her sort of origin story, her uh, Superman um, from Krypton moment where uh, a woman jumps out of a cab wearing a very distinct uh, black jeweled ring um, and Mm -hmm. leaves a baby in the lobby of this building. Now that made me think that her, this Mother, whether or not we come back to this character, um, is actually rich. Right. Yeah. Well, it's something, right? And it, it struck me, like, we kind of knew this was coming anyway, but it's crazy that Pepper has a mystery mom who left her. Katie has a mystery dad. So there's mm-hmm. at least two of those going on in the show. We know who Josie's parents are. We know who Jorge's parents are very clearly. Yeah, but, yeah. like, is there a connection there? That would be crazy, right? That would yeah. be crazy, but I also had that thought. Now, how many mystery parents do you guys have? <laughs> four, four or five. I don't wow. know because it's a mystery. Oh, interesting. Mm. Wow. I wonder what, <laughs> what have your relatives been telling you? <laughs> Basically nothing. Uh, Big goose egg for me Sorry None? Yeah, you know them all uh, yeah. No mysteries uh, But you're sort of the gritty member of this podcast You're the real, mm-hmm. true representation of New York City Yeah, yeah, definitely And where are you right now? Uh, Philly Wow <laughs> Wow <laughs> Unbelievable Chasing your yeah. gritty dreams Yeah, yeah exactly. I also appreciate, Pete I know people on the audio podcast can't see this But I appreciate you growing out your beard So you're going to grow a natural gritty costume around yeah, your I'm body going, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to replace gritty I'm taking his job Yeah oh, You're very close uh, Let me be honest The evolution <laughs> is obvious It's like that uh, famous... Uh, image of the man, the like caveman wa- standing upright, to, or the mm-hmm. like monkey mm-hmm. standing upright to become human. You're yeah, doing that, but for gritty. gritty. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. All you have to keep doing is slurping on those cheesesteaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like a baker's dozen of cheesecakes away from being gritty. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and tell that to your doctor. Uh, so we jump in uh, to Katie and Guy in bed, and this Ooh, is the morning. So I love there's a, t- a time jump uh, from last episode, and this is set up to be this great love story. They're in bed. They're designing sort of to, Katie's sketching. Guy's like, I love it. Um, it. This was very sweet fairy tale beginning. Well, you thought it was sweet, but this not so This sweet. episode really took me on a ride because at the beginning of the episode, seeing them in bed together – Lucy Hale and Luke Cook, who play the characters, have a ton of chemistry. And uh, watching that, I was like, this is great. 
Like I am, I am definitely feeling this. I'm into this pairing. I think it's nope. better than Ko and Katie. Stop and it! Hard agree. Stop it! Hard yeah. agree. Then by no the end way. of the episode, obviously we learn a lot more. Hold on. All I'm saying is, by the end of the episode, we learn a lot more information about Guy that only made me more into the relationship. The no, ride no. that I was on was up, up, up the entire time. No yep. way, man. He's Satan to the, to the top floor Satan. of the of Lacey's, the atelier where love happens. Yeah, but um, by the end of the episode, you know it's her and Ko. Yeah, because Ko comes in and is like, "Katie, I've always loved clothes. <laughs> I've worn them most of my life." No, he was. You. You're giving him more credit. He was like, "Katie, Ko here." Like, <laughs> no, hey! no, no, he didn't even introduce himself. He just showed up behind her and started talking and giving advice. It was the yeah. craziest thing. It was. Like crazy. He's been there it, the whole time, and his accent I, is getting. A little ridiculous. No, in this it's episode, right on. it was it's, so it's much perfect. Yeah. It's like he does like a couple warm ups beforehand, and then goes, "Fuck it, I got this." <laughs> uh, let me th- let me throw this out. This is uh, one of our patented um, uh, our New York story moments. Um, oh, did boy, you ever? Because they, they love it. Um, so they're laying in bed, and did you ever did... have somebody creep up behind you and just start talking out of nowhere? <laughs> yes, <laughs> actually, earlier today. I mean, that's just every day in New York in the past. Um, Uh, I I went to Home Depot yesterday, and a dude was just on my jock the whole time (laughs) I was in Today, I ventured out to the supermarket for the first time of the week. Were you guys trying to die? Some vet there. uh, uh, He was a vet, or he was just dressed in all army stuff, wearing a mask. And I was like, okay, he's wearing a mask. He was barreling down the aisles. And I was like, all right, clearly something's a little off, but he's got to get places. And then I turned around one of the aisles. I was trying to stay as far away from people as possible. And he was right there. And he just stared at me. Wow. He started yelling at me about stuff. And I was like, not now, buddy. This is not the time. Started yelling at you. I'm surprised you weren't like, did Pete tell you to do this? (laughs) Uh, It was you, Pete, actually, now that I think of it. Honestly, it sounds like a mystery parent, if I had to guess. (laughs) (laughs) He was yelling. my dad. I'm your father. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just didn't understand what he meant. Uh, so they're designing in bed. They're like in the same business. Wait, wait, wait. I totally interrupted. Yeah. What was your actual New York moment? That's what I'm getting to. So um, Katie and Guy are in bed designing together. Did you mm. ever date someone in the comedy community? Because we're uh, comedians. And did uh, you like get stuck like doing bits like in every you wake up and it's like time for bits? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I married a clown, so yeah. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> so th- now I wanted, to, I've, I was of course I'm aware of that, so I was definitely setting you up for this. What are some of the clown bits that would <laughs> yeah. just happen around the house in the early <laughs> days of your romance? Yeah, did you uh, find like shoes, like giant shoes, in your covers and stuff? No, I mean it was nothing like that. I think it's just like you know we're both aware of comedy, so it's definitely leading into bits sometimes, and certainly like. This is not a the, this is not a very funny one, but this is the first one that came to mind. Is when we we originally lived just off Times Square. It was a duplex, but it was all one room. Like it was literally just a tiny little apartment that somehow they had put a staircase in between, and there were no doors or anything like that. So it was definitely like you had no privacy. There were no other rooms. And when we finally moved to Brooklyn, how, how to the long place did that you were, live there? Uh, two years. Wow. Yeah, uh, we when we finally moved to Brooklyn, there were different rooms. We spent most of the first 
I'd say weeks, but honestly, months, just standing in other rooms being like, I'm in here now. And then she'd be like, well, I'm in here. Just back and forth all day long. Bits. Having fun. Uh, Pete, what about you? Yeah. um, um, An ex um, of mine, we would do bits uh, all the time. And it was like. What's was rough was sometimes it would uh, start to get on me after a while because I'll be like I don't want to do I don't want to do an improv game, mm. but uh, whenever she would get bored, would be like let's play an improv game, and I'd be like oh wow right. that goes beyond wow, wait <laughs> that was rehearsing <laughs> really let's play an improv game like yeah. a sexy improv game or no yeah. just a regular improv game yes oh, okay. and. Yeah. Would you then like run across the room to swipe her and end the scene? <laughs> Try to run in front. It doesn't. Uh, people don't like it when you do that in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's why the best way to edit in real life is to shout louder. Yeah. Wait, Justin. What about you? Oh, definitely. Um, the couple of comedy people that I dated, um, we would uh, a girl I dated back when uh, in a sketch group I was in that we did this famous competition with um, Alex's group, Elephant Larry. <laughs> oh. This is not relevant to the story. It I'm is sure. relevant. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because I was dating one of the other members of my sketch group, and we would come up with... It's Jeff and Jeff and Jeff and Jeff and Jeff. That's Alex's group. But um, yeah. uh, we would come up with like competition-winning bits um, in, in the bed and then take them out to face whatever sketch group we were up against. Oh, and, okay. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> yeah. wow. uh, great. Little slice. So of- wait. So the long-winded kind of moral of the story is if you do bits in bed, then it's going to be golden? Is that what no, you're saying? No. I, I think that is such a... Because uh, I think that's such a difficult thing to have in a relationship if you're both in the same industry or business to yeah. leave it at the bedroom door or the apartment door or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of a little bit of the point of this episode is that um, Guy has been taking advantage of the closeness he has um, with the people that work for him or with him um, for his own work. And he very much is like, that's part of the business. Yeah, and yeah. also like... Speaking of that, like Katie Keene didn't exactly draw any boundaries when he was like on a drunken stupor and she like made the dress that saved the day. And then like, you know, she just got a shout out from it. Well, I think uh, let's talk about it when we get to it, because I think like a lot of the discussions on the show, they hit surprisingly nuanced points about professions and creativity and the intersection of yeah. them when eventually they get towards the end of the episode. So I, I was going to say, I agree completely. Like I thought this episode was so smartly, uh, they approach those topics in such a smart way. Uh, yeah. To Alex's point, let's get there. Um, so like I said, there is a time dash uh, and Guy and Katie are closer and the pepper plant is ready. Uh, we're heading to the debut. Um and there's trouble in the water because uh, we get this scene with um, Alex Cabot and Josie where he tells her that Pepper embezzled money for him. And Josie's like, hey, hey, chill out. Pepper's fine. She's with us. But you can see the look on Josie's face and she's like, mm, this is one strike too many against Pepper. And you know were she's going to. Sh- were you struck at all by the fact that nobody is sleeping in their own beds? I mean, I guess Jorge is. We don't really see that. But uh, Katie and Guy, I think, are sleeping in a back room of the place where they work. Yeah. And then 
uh, Alex and Josie are sleeping in the music studio where they record. And Pepper, of course, is actually sleeping in the Pepper plant. I assume that's purposeful, but it's just a weird little detail that everybody's just sleeping at their offices. It was a little weird, just the fact that it's everyone's workplace. But I do think it makes sense when everyone in a tight apartment is dating someone, where it's like, oh, we're not going to your garbage apartment. We're going to stay in this nice uh, Any place we can get some privacy. Especially when if you got roommates. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I used to take girls to my office. Oh, yes. that sounds really fucking creepy. Let's just move past it. It's not important. Oh, you know what? Well, but you worked, you were an elevator operator in the Empire State <laughs> Building, Alex. <laughs> yes, I was. I'd be like, you want to see the top floor? <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> you want to see a petty fall out and crush a bad skull? <laughs> that was my opening line, and they'd be like, haba, haba. Yeah. Very intense uh, sexual games in the Zalbin elevator household. Uh, so we, uh, but we, the roommates do come together and we get a lot of the roommate we meetings. We had like two roommate meetings in this app. Ep- and the roommate meetings in this episode are not the usual like chilled out fun affairs. It, there's a lot of tension going on. And it's wait, also wait, weird. That, Pepper comes to all the roommate meetings. The, yeah. But also like uh, that's a roommate meeting. Like there's always tension in the air for roommate meetings, man. Usually some, when you call a roommate meeting, somebody's not happy. Well, I have three roommates right now, and a lot of our meetings <laughs> Wait, are pretty tense. <laughs> do, do you talk about your family? Yes. Yeah, uh, that doesn't count as roommates. Yeah, bro. but no, no, no. Pete, his kids pay a share of the rent. They split it four <laughs> ways. We treat each other as equals, and when it's my daughter's turn to take out the trash, I make them carry it out every single time. One little <laughs> piece at a time, because there's no way Malika can carry a whole thing of trash. Yes, yeah, we'd take tiny uh, little, uh, one little butter wrapper and then one handful Adorable. of peanut shells. It's very yeah. darling. Um, so we learn in this array meeting that uh, Jorge's parents have been undercharging them. They need to pay more money. Uh, we learn that uh, Molly's crisis has gone go-go, which Jorge seems very upset about. And then yeah. literally one scene later, he's like, fuck yeah, it's gone go-go. <laughs> yeah. This Jorge's whole storyline this episode felt like the most Riverdale thing this show has ever done. Yes. Because it went from zero to 60 in no time at all. And, and then kept so, going in crazy. And totally. It yeah. It was the, all, the all whole plot line. Like, it was fun to watch in the same yeah. way that it's fun to watch Riverdale. But it was just... When we've had like these sitting in these emotional moments and exploring yeah. them and talking about Especially this, and this the- where he was like, like you're saying, uh, they went go go. Him going to working at the bar, being like, well, I guess I got to make money at the bar. I got to guess I'll work at Lacey's. Uh, now I'm doing go go dances. Now I'm doing go go dances in the back room. Yeah. Oh, my dad's in. Now I'm not doing that. Like it was just so many things happening at the same time. Well, and I, I mean, we might as well just cover the whole thing now. You just sort of walk through it because Jorge sort of exists separately from everyone else. Um, yeah, he's doing the go-go dancing, um, making a bunch of money. He pays his dad, um, has this heart to heart with his dad where his dad's like, where are you getting this money? Um, yeah. And then if the dad. If your son just hands you like a wad of cash, that's not, he didn't get that legally, you know? <laughs> I still do 
like, even in the scene, even though it was ridiculous that he was like, don't worry about it. I'm just paying for the apartments, dad. The relationship between Jorge and his dad is so good. Like they just have such a great rapport and those scenes are written and acted so well that even when there is a ludicrous thing happening, I still completely believe the relationship. Well, and they play yeah. against the expectations so hard, with especially with Jorge's dad. Where, like, when Jorge's dad walks in on Jorge with the the yeah, back I thought that Go-Go was going to be a big thing. Like that was like, oh shit, and then it was like, all right. Well, but I, I think Jorge's dad is like, I see why you're doing this to try to pay me back the money, and I appreciate it. Um, and then we learn later uh, that they're losing the building anyway. So. It, it is a lot of like stuff happening, and then the problem is still there. Um, yeah, but I thought they would at least kind of acknowledge how awkward that is when you're giving somebody a private lap dance and then your dad walks in. You know what I mean? He like, does come the same thing in the back of the bodega, though. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's you a just, bodega. You would think that they wouldn't have money problems then. Bodega Cat Club? What? What's a cat? Cat call? Bodega cat call. That's what he does. I don't know. I don't know. I'll think of it later. Yeah. Like a litter box? Uh, I don't know. I got it. There's like a thing bouncing around. I'll figure it out. You know what? I'll bounce it off of my wife. We'll do some bits. Yeah. Oh, great. Yep. Uh, Real pie in the face. Um, Oh. Back into the the rest of the show. So uh, Guy and Katie, Guy has a secret cabinet. Um, and then they have this oh, lovely man. scene where they are barely covering their secret relationship in front of a random staff member. <laughs> yeah, that was like, oh, man. And it they was, kept looking at each other like, oh, hey, be cool. Guy was like, stick around, stick around, Katie, for sex. I mean, for notes, <laughs> books, notebooks. Stick around for notebooks, please. And it's just like, what is this? I love the cabinet that nobody must open. That. That to me really plays off the whole fairy tale nature of the show in a really nice way. And it would not work on most shows because it's basically Bluebeard, right? But like yeah. it it was fun. It was fun when, and it turned out in an interesting way what was actually in that cabinet at the end of the day. When yeah. you say Bluebeard, do you mean a beard that showed up out of nowhere and all of a sudden was a big part of what was going on? No, Bluebeard, he marries ladies, and then isn't it like he has a locked room, and then he has all their heads in the room? He says, don't go in that room, and um, every one of his new wives is like, ooh, what a fun mystery. And it turns out that's where he keeps the dead bodies of all of his other wives. Right. Oh, wow, I was way off. I just meant that, like, (laughs) all of a sudden there was a cabinet in the middle of the office that was never there before, and everybody had to act like it had been there the whole time. Yeah, the original version of the story was kind of like that, where Bluebeard was like, don't go into that room. And then she does go into the room, and she's like, what's going on? And he steps in, and there's a black light there. And he's like, check it out, my beard. It's blue. <laughs> it's blue now. Bluebeard. I'm tripping balls, my Bluebeard. <laughs> Bluebeard. Oh, Henry, probably, but I don't think so. Yeah. Bluebeard. <laughs> Um, so where were we? <laughs> where were we? Uh, Bluebeard. Uh, we get um, <laughs> Josie confronts Pepper. Alex wants his money back. Pepper can't do it. Um, there's a lot of threatening of calling the cops. Um, happens basically any character that knows Pepper is like, I'm gonna call the cops on you. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it, you definitely feel that Josie is like, I'm gonna turn Pepper in. And uh, and then we I, get. Uh, 
Well, I, I think we're getting to this in a second, but I liked how they dealt with Josie in this episode. And that's something that we talked about on the last episode of the podcast, because my suspicion was that Josie would reveal stuff to the group and then Katie and Jorge would circle their wagons around Pepper. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, it didn't go that way. I'm glad they played it as Josie being like, I'm being upfront with you guys. Pepper, we want to help you. I'm a friend. And even though eventually, which we'll get to in a moment, Pepper went after Josie, I liked how they treated Katie and Jorge and let, you know, to use an improv term, but like let everybody play to the top of their intelligence rather than yeah. make the dumb choices throughout. Wow. Um, so I feel like I agree with you, but also like uh, Josie was almost too good of a person in this episode. She was like, hey, I'm uh, Pepper's really kind of fucking over everything we're doing here. This is bullshit. And then she was like, guys, we should give Pepper a real chance here and really try to be there for her. which I was like. Uh, what? I just felt like she, it was too nice after someone's clearly taking advantage of you. Well, let's let there. That's the second roommate meeting, and I, I I hear you, Pete, and I want to talk about that. But there's a lot lot of other bad things have to happen for Pepper first. Um, okay. A, Amanda's in full Gloria mode when we get to Lacey's. Uh, Pepper shows up. She's clearly stressed, which I thought was really well played. Um, yeah. Uh, Pepper, uh, the actress that plays Pepper, did a great job this episode really finding a great line to not be a villain and not be a hero at mm-hmm. the same time. Yeah, yeah. it's hard to. Uh, I was just going to say her name's Julia Chan. And yeah, she was just, this was such a great showcase for her, and particularly yeah. for somebody who started kind of slow. I think it's uh, it was clearly very purposeful on the part of the writing staff to hold back on her character arc until we got to this point of the season. And I think in retrospect, that was a very smart choice. Yeah. It's a lot of restraint to really tease us to, we all are all aware that she's lying to everyone, but to not really tip it over and make us be like, Oh, she's bad. Uh, because yeah. she's not. And that's, bad. The in- that's the interesting part, right? Is it's like the way that she's kind of playing this it's not too one way or the other where we're definitely like, oh, she's a horrible person. She's taking advantage of her friends, you know, like it's like it seems like she cares. And then sometimes it doesn't a little bit, but then it really does. So it's it's tough. Yeah. And th- this scene coming up here is was sort of the toughest where Pepper, she's at Lacey's. She finds out that Alex is, needs his money right now, so she there's this purse uh, that we find out is worth $200,000, and she steals it uh, right mm-hmm. there, which was like, it was stressful to watch that whole thing go down. She oh, blows past man. Jorge. Um, well, because that's, that's a turning point, right? Like, we've yeah. seen Pepper do scams, but it's on people who deserve it so far, and Katie does not deserve it. Like Pepper makes a lot of excuses later on about, Oh, relax. It's insured. It'll be fine. It's all on them. You don't even like Lacey's, but she is doing this to Katie and taking advantage of Katie and whatever else happens after that. And however else she makes it up to her friends, uh, she crosses a line there that you can't cross back from. She does legitimately the wrong thing at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, and it's super stressful and I would like wrote down and was like, wait, 
this is this is a big step for her, and this is kind of like not cool at all. Yeah, uh, I agree. And I thought it was interesting that it juxtaposed next to this uh, next scene. It's totally unrelated between Katie and Guy's sister, where Katie sees that Guy maybe stole her uh, design element from her sketchbook and put it in yeah. this dress. And so we get this like clearly obvious theft from Pepper, and then this sort of more creative theft from Guy right next to each other, which I thought was a cool way to be like, oh, these are both bad things, but I like Pepper. I like this new relationship. Um, it really muddied the moral waters, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was really interesting the way these parallels were running. Yeah. Um, we get a great shout-out to our favorite store, um, where Josie shows up carrying 50 bags from Target. Um, yes. Which Thank I you, Target, for supporting th- Katie Keene. Very, uh, very not so subtle uh, product placement. They never say the name Target, but we get it. Uh, they did. Uh, wait, was it Riverdale or Katie Keene where they said Target? I think. It was. I think it was Katie Keene. It was Katie Keene. Kevin was uh, guesting, and he said, yeah, "Right, we got to go Target." Yeah, yeah. There you go. Which oh, uh, Which Target do you think they're going to? Is there a Target in Washington Heights? Uh, I don't think so, but uh, there's a very secret, a subtle one on 33rd between 6th and 7th that um, I used to go oh. to because uh, my office was right across the street for a while. Right. I mean, there is one in Brooklyn at the Atlantic Pacific Center, but oh, I don't yeah. think they're going that far. And then there's another one by DeKalb. Maybe maybe she went to the DeKalb one and like stopped off at the Alamo Draft House. Went to the DeKalb Market, got something at the Trader Joe's. Are you just bragging about your area where you live? Yeah. I haven't been Look able to see it in you, months. You're a <laughs> he misses piece it. of shit. He's in love. He's it. in love with it. Ah, oh, man. And he's Ugh. got a real say. He's like a target cartographer. He really knows <laughs> where they are. <laughs> Yeah, if you want, I can look up where the other targets are while you guys are talking. You know what? I will. I'll uh, uh, I'll just say, you see know, if there's, there's a target. There's a sweet Applebee's over there at the DeKalb stop. Oh, no. That is the worst. That place is the worst. That is a terrible <laughs> Applebee's. Real fine <laughs> line developing between the two of you. Uh, yeah. Can I just say, I went to that Applebee's once oh, with my kids. Oh, yeah. Here we go about the time of? home with your kids. Yeah, I went with my kids. And you know what they're yeah. out of? They're out of apple juice and french fries. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Those are two crazy things to be out of. And they had a sign <laughs> hanging up that said unlimited French fries. I guess somebody came in and ate all of the French fries. <laughs> See, I think that makes perfect sense. Also, it's sort of a weird dish to order apple juice and French fly- fries. Oh, that's why like, I order when I go to bees. No, it's great. You get that. Like, you take yeah. the apple juice, you put it on the bottom of the plate, let the fries soak in it for a while. you got a nice oh. mush going, right, Pete? No, 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 no. You, you dip your fries in the juice. You know, it's like a no you. <laughs> That's equally <laughs> disgusting from both of you. Uh, I accused you. I mean, you literally as a Jew. I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, great. Gross. I'm grossed out. Um, we see Pepper go down. She, we find out this purse is worth 200 grand. Pepper goes to Dickie in Chinatown. This is the oh, 70s yeah. vibe thing going here, um, which was a very uh I like how she, she knew. Who, who to go to and how to do it. That was real fun to like see Pepper wheel and deal, you know? Yeah, it was. And that's sorry to interrupt. I did look it up. There is a target at 116th street all the way on the East side, but it feels pretty far for Josie to go for Washington Heights. I'm just saying. 
Uh, It's important. Glad. Thanks for interrupting the podcast. Hey, anytime. I just really wanted to interrupt the flow there to talk about Target. Target, sponsor of Katie Keencast, we wish. (laughs) (laughs) We certainly went to bat for them. We shouted out actual street addresses of their stores in Manhattan. (laughs) Yep. So uh, we get a Francois sighting here where he wants Katie's help in the window for some reason suddenly. Uh, can we talk about, was he wearing, I don't know if it was a necklace or like functional scissors that he had around his neck. Yeah, that was uh, great. That was delightful. What are, the what way are the scissors worked with his outfit? Yeah. Oh. Perfect. I also loved his reaction there where he's like, Katie, could you come help with the uh, windows? I'm really behind here. And she's like, I've got other problems. He's like, what are your other problems? Tell me literally everything. I have nothing to do. Yeah, he's like, dish, dish. <laughs> it's it, great. Uh, I love Francis. Yeah, we, we, we me too. Yeah, we only got a little bit of him, but it was yeah. great. We've talked about him a little bit. Like, what is his role when there seems like there's uh, like nine fairy godmothers in the show? Um, and I guess maybe it's this to just be a little sounding board and a escape for Katie from the rest of her uh, crazy life. Like, he never yeah. is negative toward her. Yeah, and yeah. since Gloria's not around, like I'm hoping they lean on Francois more. Do you think we're gonna get Gloria back next episode? I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. She ke- she um, mentions Gloria in almost every episode since she's been gone. Like the keys she found in the desk, she was like, "Oh, Gloria." Yeah, I sort of think Gloria has to take the desk over from Amanda once again. Yeah, yeah. There's, the sex there's desk. I mean, we can probably talk about this towards the end of the podcast, but it feels like there's a lot of things that need to be accomplished in the season finale at this point. Like everybody by the end of the episode has their lives threatened their like livelihoods threatened the places that they're living are threatened. There's all of these different running in the background plot lines about Gloria and secrets about parentage and all of these other things. And I'm curious to see how much they're going to wrap up slash reference slash cliffhanger in the final episode of the season, because it's a lot. It is a lot. I'm glad though that the like they kind of talk about rent, even though sometimes it seems like they don't actually pay rent or anything. Like it is such a huge part of New York. Like when your lease is up, like what's going on with the landlord? Are they going to jack up the rents? You know what I mean? So I'm glad yeah. at least it comes up a, a little bit here on the show. I think they should be talking about rent, water bill, uh, mm-hmm. electric bill, like laundromat mm-hmm. location, gas. Gas. Let's not forget about gas. Um, cable and internet. Oh, yeah. Like, what are they paying for internet? You, we mm-hmm. need to know this. This is an essential point <laughs> of this show. Instead yeah. of wasting time with that pepper recap thing at the beginning, they should just flash a bill, like a series yeah. of bills right at the mm-hmm. beginning, so we know how, how much they're paying. They could do it once a month, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> just like bills. That's yeah. so smart. <laughs> Thank you. Uh... So uh, driving forward in the episode, Amanda suspects Pepper for stealing the purse. Katie backs Pepper all the way, setting up all of this disaster stuff coming forward. Pepper has the money for Alex that she got from the the egg sale, but um, Alex already went to his dad, sort of fucking up his life. And then we get this great, the beginning of this great roommate sort of come up and scene. Um, Wait, does it bother anybody else the way that uh, the younger Cabot, 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 is around his dad like the way he like physically shrinks around him and is never like comfortable it really irks me and it like uh 
It makes me feel like very anxious whenever they're in the scene together. I think that's a great job by the the actors, like portraying that. But man, it gets fucking stressful for me to watch that. I'm just wondering if you guys go through that at all. I think that's the point. I agree. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're supposed okay. to feel stressed out. Like, I think it's impressive that uh, Alex, he's not the one character, but he's certainly one of the characters that hasn't been fleshed out quite as much as the others. But particularly this episode to your point, Pete, I think you understand his journey and where he's at. Uh, and it is, it is a very reasonable thing for a person to do, to be like, I tried to be on my own. It didn't work. I'm going to just let my mom and dad take care of this, you know, or in this case, my dad take care of this. And he seems defeated because he is like, he has given up on his dream, which is to be an independent producer. Yeah, it was like a week long dream, but yeah, it is sure. still yeah. <laughs> a bummer sure. that he like had I to said, give up. A little less developed than the other characters. Um, so Josie tells Katie and Jorge what she knows about Pepper. Jorge does a very simple Google search and finds a very nice looking mugshot. What did he yeah. do there? How did he find that? Like, he was like, I'm gonna find out where Pepper lives. Like, that was what he was looking for because. Josie revealed that she found out she wasn't living in a hotel. She was actually living at the pepper plant. And he was like, all right, I'm just going to find out where she's living now, I think. And then somehow ended up on a mugshot for Rosemary Woodhouse, which is the name of um, Mia Farrow's character from Rosemary's Baby. Oh, wow. So lots going on there. Lots to unpack. Deep ref. I think he just very casually did um, a... Uh, he hacked into the national the NSA and did a um, alias based search, reverse Google image search through the um, dark web databases, and came up with that <laughs> mugshot. Yeah, exactly. Very Jorge. Yeah, Jorge Just, is a uh, a hacker. Um, yeah, he's, right. he he. That's one of his talents. We haven't really talked about. Like he could make an unbelievable living, like being an engineer mm-hmm. or a hacker. It's or on his like, resume. Yeah, yeah special but, my favorite scene of the season so far is when Jorge turned and looked directly at the screen and said, "Hello, friend." <laughs> that was pretty good. Good. Wow. Little little Mr. Robot ref for Mr. you, Mr. Robot guy. I got you. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wait, uh, I did have a question for you guys about this. So we see the mugshot. We see that it says uh, Rosemary Woodhouse, which is the name of uh, the Rosemary's baby character. So that's fine. Like yeah, I get what the references is there. Uh, later on, Pepper passes it off and says, Oh, that was just my fake ID that I used when I was London. It's no big deal. It's not my real name. My question is, is that her real name? Actually, like is her name actually Rosemary Woodhouse, not Pepper Smith. And if so, is maybe her mom, sister Woodhouse, from Riverdale? Wow. Wow. Right? That's, the nun? Uh, the evil nun from Sisters of the Quiet Mercy? Um, what I would like to... I want to believe you, Alex. I want to. Okay. Is it weird for anybody else that she does the fake British accent around her father? So... I was on board with the... I was waiting for the accent drop the entire yeah. episode. It turns out yeah. Julia Chatta actually is British, so that's not mm. her actual accent. Apparently, she amps it up a little bit for the show because she's lived in America for so long. Mostly, her accent has dropped out. Um, but it's not fake. Like, it's not a fake accent. Hmm. Okay. So we were wrong about that. 
But how would how would uh, the character of Pepper ever develop a British accent? And also, why would you know. do it in front of your father? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's fake. It's, it's fake. It's fake, I right? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm glad you said it for both of us. You did one for each of us, so yeah. we wouldn't. We would ask you again. Uh, quick follow up here. Uh, don't know. <laughs> oh, great! Thanks, thanks. Keep us posted on that. That changes for you. No problem. <laughs> Yeah, that's, oh that was very God. funny. That was like getting a paper and reading the headline and being like, big news. And then you get to the audience and it's like, big news. <laughs> <laughs> Say a little quieter because you're just a little quieter. You just said it again. The news is big. I can tell you that. Uh, oh, so um, getting back to it, Pepper enters. Roommate's absolutely bust her. She explains it away just like she said. Um, though she does inter- uh, immediately come clean that she stole the purse. And I yeah. thought this was such an – they played this scene in such an interesting way where Pepper has sort of the inspirational speech to them. Mm-hmm. and it, But she's clearly in the wrong in this she's moment for sure. She's a great con person. Like she doesn't she, you die with the lie. Like she is straight up holding it against everybody else. It's pretty impressive the way but she I handles think, that. But I think she believes her lie in that she – is doing everything. The point of this episode is that she is sort of doing everything for the, these friends of hers. Mm-hmm. Right. But this scene hurt a lot. Like this was the yeah. first one. Yeah. This is the one that I was kind of fearing, but also waiting for was what will happen when this comes out? How will her friends react? But most importantly, how will she react to her friends? And what we get here is she can't turn it off. Like I think, to your point, Justin, yes, she does believe in her heart of hearts that she is doing this for her friends because I think she is ultimately, but she's still mm-hmm. lying through her teeth to them the entire time. And it's, I, I, what I got from the writing and what I got from the acting is she just can't stop herself. She just keeps going. Yeah. And it's so sad. And it extended into this scene right after where um, it's just Pepper and Katie on the hallway yeah, she chases her down because she has this habit of, like, when confronted, she kind of, like, lashes out and then kind of runs away. We saw her do it with Josie, and then she did it again on the roommate meeting. And uh, it was, yeah, so, like, then Katie chases her down and is like, come on. you know." Well, I really like come. this because Katie really gets her, I think, here, where she's like, yeah. hey, we're all grinding so hard to barely get by. And you're just stealing from people, including us, so that you can get by? Like, I thought that was just such a good, well-delivered point to Pepper. And I think it really stings her. Uh, Yeah, I was just a little disappointed how not angry they were. Because, like, that's Katie's job. Like, Katie stuck up her neck for her. And then she literally stole that purse that is a huge deal in her world. And if Lacey's wasn't going under, it would have been a more bigger deal. Uh, and they were just kind of like, hey, you know, I'm going through a lot. Well, everybody's going through a lot. And like, you know, they and were run sobbing by the end. Both of them. I, I felt that. Yeah, well, I mean, it was emotional, but I wanted Katie to get a little angry uh, and be a little bit like, hey, like what you did could have cost me my job and everything that I worked for. I mean, she says some of that. What I, what I thought was so cool about it was 
Pepper walked out of the main confrontation with the roommates feeling like she sort of won. I think she right. was like, I told them my truth. But then I think she walks out of here where she's like, ugh, I'm actually busted for real yeah. by Katie. Katie, yeah. the sort of emotional center of the friend group. Yeah. Uh, but one other thing that came out of this is this scene pushes Katie to go talk to Guy about stealing her design. Which yeah, I, and I was worried about that because, like, if she goes in too hot, like, you know, Guy could just, you know, kind of also ruin her as a designer. But this was – I thought this was played super well too where yeah. Katie confronts Guy and then he sort of – very nicely and convincingly tells her, hey, that's the biz. Like I – when I was coming up, um, I had a lot of my creative was given and put someone else's name was put on it. Um, so that's what's happening to you. And it feels like she accepts it and then she's like, yeah, wait a second. Yeah, which was really weird because she was very worked up about it. And if you're going to kind of confront somebody – then just be like, yeah, well, if you want to uh, take my ideas or whatever, like, let me know you're doing it or something like that. Like, have some kind of discussion. Don't just take whatever you want without telling me. I thought that was a little bit more of what she was going to do. The thing that I thought was kind of fascinating about it, and this is what we were kind of bouncing around to earlier in the podcast, is that it is a very nuanced discussion that comes up constantly in creative professions. And I know you guys know this, I'm mostly saying this for the podcast audience is that he's kind of right. Like there's a part of what guy is saying, which is 100% correct when he's particularly when he's talking about like, you're apprenticing for me, you're learning from me. I'm incorporating these things into my designs and that is a good thing for you because you can learn what works. And as he calls out, there's lots of things you've done that have not worked. The other thing that's really very pointed, and this is a thing that like, I know you guys have both taught, like I know Justin, you've taught classes as well, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So like I've, I've told this to all of my comedy classes, and I'm sure you guys have done the same thing. We're like, one of the first lessons that I've taught folks is you can't be precious about your stuff, but it takes time to get there. Like, that is exactly what Guy says. You're not really going to know until you do, like, a hundred things. What is the thing that's actually good and what's the thing that's actually bad? Because when you've done that one thing, that's the best thing you've ever done. And that is what Katie is feeling right now. And that's what Guy's playing off of. But on the flip side of things, he is gaslighting her at the same time and actually stealing her stuff. Like he takes it a step too far. Well, I feel like also like that's something that when you start working at somewhere, there should be some kind of discussion about or... Uh, it's a rule that's known. Like if you work at, let's say, Apple, you can't, while working there, develop an app. If you do, they own that. That's like part of yeah. the thing. Like so, like yeah. if you're in, it's a actually. Type of- I don't mean to interrupt what you're saying, but it's the same thing at Applebee's. If you develop an app, they yeah. own it. Yeah, an that's appetizer. True. That's an yeah, appetizer. Exactly. Yes. Right, and that's the only kind of apps worth talking about. But I think right, like that French fries au jus. Oh, don't you get me started, man? But um, you, when you worked at Apple, you were developing mostly like first courses. You were mostly developing appetizers, right? <laughs> right, right. You came was, up with nachos when you were working at Apple, right? <laughs> well, I'm, tr- I'm trying to evolve the poutine game. You know what I mean? Like really trying to you know work with gravy and fries, and you know yeah. just kind of like mm-hmm. what kind of cheese curds we're talking you, about. You you yeah. are the Katie Keen of uh, gravy fries. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's just one of those things where, like, um, <laughs> that's what was kind of upsetting is, like, he, uh, you know, Satan was just being like, oh, no, this is kind of how things work. And it's like, okay, but you got to fucking tell somebody. You, know, you can't just have a mysterious secret cabinet that appears that has all of your interns fucking notebooks that you fucking rip off. Well, and that's the thing we learn later that um, uh, Katie uh, cracks open the armoire and turns out that guy has all of these designers notebooks that he's been sort of using as a lexicon or a source of new ideas. And I, I do agree that the fact that guys doing it without telling them is the real crime. But most of my career is writing stuff for other people or making stuff for other people that I don't actually get personal credit for. So that mm-hmm. is like the way that most creative fields function. Right. But you are aware of that. You know that like right. I know going that. in. That's why yeah. I'm saying the difference. Nobody's is like, like, hey, work on your stuff and then taking it at the end when you're not looking. Well, and that's, uh, I think it's Katie who says this, right? Where she's like, we're in a weird place because we're in a relationship right now, as well as me being your apprentice. We need to talk about these things. And the thing that Guy does wrong is he takes it too far to the point where, and I think it's pretty clear dramatically that he doesn't have ideas. He's just stealing other people's ideas. So ultimately what he is doing is wrong. Uh, But again, I think they do such a nice job of legitimately talking about creative professions at the same time as they're pleasing things uh, dramatically. Yeah. Agreed. Um, So now we're setting up for sort of the uh, finale rack of the episode. Pepper goes back to Dickie, tries to get the uh, purse back, ends up selling her clothes, has a fun outfit. We find out that that Pepper is the one that paid off the mortgage gap for uh, Jorge's family, but they're losing their building randomly because of the city, which I thought was sort of a weird twist. (laughs) Um, Uh, Well, there's a little bit – I don't know if this is exactly what's happening, uh, but there's a little bit of a hint that – uh, there were the synopsis for the next episode was like Jorge tries to raise money to save his parents' building, but he doesn't realize who he's dealing with. Before the season even started, there was a picture of Mark Consuelos, who plays Hiram Lodge on Riverdale with the Lopez's and Jorge. Oh, don't spoil the shit. Are you fucking kidding me? This has been out there forever. Don't fucking spoil this shit. Pete, it's not that a spoiler. That would have been such you, a great reveal. You knew Hiram was going to be up to something. No, I did not know that Hiram would be involved in this show at all. He, well, since he's he has the villain of so many. Yeah, he has that neuromuscular disorder. So I think it's just a skeleton, actually, because he died years yeah. earlier. So it's but a honestly, skeleton. Hiram's the villain in most TV shows at this point. He's the one that he breaks up the couple of normal people a couple right. times. Um, he's uh, the villain at the end of the most recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles season, I believe. Right. He was the guy with the dark saber at the end of Mandalorian no, season one who wanted to kill baby She-Ra. Yoda. Yeah. Hiram hates Yoda. <laughs> and baby Yoda. <laughs> all, all sorts of Yodas. He's not Hiram a fan. hates all Yodas. Yeah. <laughs> That's been well established over four seasons of Riverdale. Pete, what do you have to say about all of this? These revelations we've been just throwing out here. Yeah, yeah, it's. it's I just wish I would I wouldn't have known. I would have liked. I'm not saying it's definitely happening. I don't actually know. I haven't seen the episode. I have no idea. It just seems like that's what they're setting up. Is it's Hiram's machinations in the background that are doing this, and that explains just, why. What when 
when the next episode airs and that happens, just feel it because I'm going to be yelling boo at my uh, <laughs> screen. It could easily just you. be it could easily be actor Mark Consuelos who is uh, buying the building with wife right. Kelly Ripa. Yeah. Exactly. That's totally possible. They probably have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they do. The line between Mark and Swales and Hiram, I don't know if it even exists anymore. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we go to the pepper plant. Um, Alex, uh, Pepper's feeling good to walk around. It's working. It's great. Positive. Alex uh, Cabot says he owns the pepper plant out of nowhere. First he's pro- problem number one. Uh, he's drinking. Um, well, b- before we get to that sort of next downbeat, um, Pepper takes each of the the rest of the core four on a little tour. Um, mm-hmm. There's a whole Josie setup. Josie, yeah, everybody it. gets a corner. Uh, Ginger, uh, Ginger Lopez film exhibit. Great. Uh, Katie has a little showcase over there. So it and it sort of feels Josie like Josie has a whole area to perform. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And uh, the Pussycats come up and they perform She-Bop, which is a lot of fun. Very yeah. exciting. Uh, Trula, I think Trula is the one with the braid, does a fun braid hair twist. Oh, yeah, that thing going braid on. effect. Did yeah, you see that? Very cool. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. Uh, but uh, Katie's fashion quarter is definitely the most ridiculous part of the pet yes. plant. I know we touched on this earlier with KO just showing up behind and be like... You made dresses, and Katie, I left you. And also, my name's Ko. Hey, but the whole quarter thing, where she, it's it was, just like Here's I was this so excited designer. when uh, Ko showed up. I was very excited, to, even though that he appeared like Dracula out of nowhere. <laughs> it still was very exciting. But I just want to talk a little bit about. Let's say we're in New York City. We and, are, you know, which we, we are. We like we to. Are. We, we like to Pete. go to places where we there's music flee. and we didn't and flee, things were... Pete, to Philadelphia. Leave the city that we love behind. We didn't do that. We didn't cool. do that. Anyways, my point is, we like to party. Um, if you went to the Pepper Pant, what corner would you be in? Oh, that's a uh, great question. That's, wait, what corner would we have as people, or what corner would I go hang out in? Yeah, what corner would you go hang out in in the Pepper Plant? Well, I mean, first of all, I'm baby, and nobody puts baby in a corner. So, wow, that is true. Alex is baby. Um, so glad we could set that up for you. I guess I would probably be right with Ko, um, just being like, "Yo, I thought <laughs> hiding pe- in dresses, pe- waiting for people plant? to walk by." Is the pepper plant? I thought there'd be little peppers here. <laughs> we thought we were going to have a nice uh, roasted uh, pepper situation. Guess well, I got I've, a dash, got a dash for this pepper plant. My point though is, if music playing, dash of pepper, Pete, Pete, and I'm a saying live like, band it's like a dash there, of pepper. Uh, yes, it is kind of cool to be able to walk around and see like very fashionable dresses, some performance art going on with Jorge and Ginger. I think that would be pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, I do think most realistically. Are, were there couches near the ginger exhibit? Yeah. Okay. Then I'd probably be like trying to get some couch space so I could just watch the movie. 
That's probably wow. what I would be doing. Wow. wow. What a startling admission. What a startling old man admission from Alex Alvin. <laughs> I'm trying to find seat. a quiet spot where the kids can leave me alone. Is, there, is the couch seat available next to you, miss? I'm just trying to watch this picture movie. <laughs> Who is that? Who's that character? <laughs> Yeah, that's fun stuff. I Can heard there was some clothes the music here. <laughs> turn these Quiet. pussy cats Sheep down. Up. Shut up! <laughs> Shut I'm the calling the police. <laughs> now, who? I was a little unclear on this. Maybe I missed something because I was uh, tweeting it at the same time. But who called the police? Because think- there was such a big deal about like. Alex not calling the police. Obviously, Katie didn't call the police. So did we find out who actually ultimately called the police on Pepper? Mr. Cabot called the police. Uh, uh, I don't think so. I actually think it's um, Amanda. The way there's seen between Amanda and Katie is uh, Amanda's there, and she's like, the purse situation has been handled. And then that's sort of right before when the cops come in. So I think it, the idea here is that Pepper confessed or turned herself in for stealing the purse. Got oh. out. That's my my thought. Anyway. I don't know if she did that because she was pretty surprised it looked like. But Well, and also the other thing that Amanda reveals, which is important information, is that Lacey is, is shutting down, which she very casually mentions to Katie yeah. at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the job that you have is going to be gone. The nine jobs you have. Yeah. They're going to have to put on so many shows, you guys. They're going to have to save Jorge's building. They're going to have to save mm-hmm. the pepper plant. They're going to have to save Lacey's. They're going to – Molly's Crisis maybe as well. They're going to have to Probably save that. Probably Chubby's. Chubby's has got to be good. Chubby's has got to be – yeah, don't forget about Chubby's. Yeah. All of these places are going to need different shows that they're going to have to put on to save. Um, oh, one other detail that was uh, super sweet was Pepper introducing her father to everybody. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, so nice. Taking up that scene with Katie was so sweet and kind. And to what we were talking about, it's just like – it's the way that they treated Pepper and her revealing all that stuff. There was a there was a thought that went through my mind of like, is she tricking everybody? But I think ultimately she's not. I think she sincerely loves her friends and wants to give them everything. So do we think uh, what do we what do you guys think coming out of this? Like, how do we feel about Pepper in general? Um, well, I did like how Pepper called the fact that the outfit she's going to be wearing goes well with cuffs and then left in cuffs. Uh, she I also, mm. Yeah, I also really liked the kind of like smile she was putting on as she was being arrested. That was really kind of impressive. Like just as the elevator gate was kind of closing, she was still trying to put on a brave smile for Katie. Well, uh, that's her comfort place because she grew up in an elevator. Oh, yeah. my God. That's and so Alex, up. obviously, loves an elevator no, for, for sex. Once, once everything opens up again, give me a call, guys. No. Sex in an elevator. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I feel, to answer your question, though, Justin, I don't feel good about Pepper. I I want to like her, but I don't know if we can moving forward. So I'll be interested to see what that break is um, or if there is one. Uh, But it'd be kind of crazy if in the season two there is no Pepper. Like, they move on without her? That would be crazy. No, I think she'll get out. She'll be redeemed. 
there's still mysteries about her and her parentage, and that's the stuff that they have to explore. Um, but I think like she's she's gonna have to come clean about this phase in her life and move past it. But I do wonder if, given all these buildings that are threatened and all these livelihoods are threatened, if they won't ultimately have to rely on Pepper. Pepper's con woman skills to save everything. I could see that happening. Well, let me throw this out. What if next season, or at the end of this season anyway, Pepper falls under the wing of uh, one Hiram Lodge? Ooh. Ooh. I have a, well, a something that I think is more important that kind of came up in this episode. How do we feel about Josie's relationship with Cabot Jr. now? Like, he was wasted being kind of a dick and Josie had to then go on stage and perform. Um, I don't know. I really don't like this uh, Alex guy at all. Yeah. She's got to get out of that. I think like they're not going to get her out of it anytime soon because the Cabots are part of the show and Josie is part of the Cabot storyline because that's Josie and the pussycats. But like, I would much rather see them take an actual, New York band arc and just play lots of gigs and they're out playing every night and working on their songs and trying to build up a reputation. And that would be the smart thing for her to do to be like, thank you so much for everything. I'm going to do this a different way. Goodbye. Because he's a disaster area. Uh, yeah, yeah, it really is. They haven't had any, like, very few nice moments between them. It's mostly Josie being like, hey, get your shit together. Him being like, I'm so sorry, Josie. I've got to get my shit together. And it's yeah, just yeah. like uh, the same pattern over and over again. Yeah. All right. That is it for Katie Keencast. If you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday at 7 p.m. to the internet to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. Happy to chat about Katie Keen or comic books or whatever you want to talk about. Anything. iTunes at what? I was going to say anything. One more thing I want to say before we um, – oh, yeah, I know so. you already started the, the spiel. Um, it's all right. But um, so we only have one more episode. And we have not at all resolved the Katie Keene mom storyline. Yeah. I yeah. I think we're going to get a cliffhanger there. Like, I don't think we're going to get resolution. I think by the end of the season, we're going to get a big, shocking twist about whatever her dad is or something like that. And that will hopefully lead us into a potential season two. I, I, think, would that, just le- I think that means we'll ahead. definitely get Gloria back. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think in the last episode, uh, it's going to be uh, Katie Keene, KO, solid again. Uh, we're going to find out everything about Katie Keene's mom, everything about Pepper's uh, mom. And we're also going to uh, get rid of Guy, and Jorge is going to save his building, and uh, Lacey's is also going to get saved, and so is Chubbs. This wow. is a classic, classic showrunner trick is if you're worried about getting picked up for a second season, what you do is you absolutely resolve every single plot Everything. point completely yeah. satisfactorily so there's no reason to pick it up again. Exactly. Katie, you make clothes, and I've been in my underwear ever since we broke up. So I need you back. I need you. I need your clothes. I need hey, to wear clothes again. She got excited when she saw Ko. Like she jumped. She was like so happy to see him because he was speaking very loudly right behind her. He was her. right behind her. He snuck up on her. You she jumped was too. So happy 
she needs to stop lying to herself and realize that KO is the one. Katie, I'm, oh, did I scare you? Sorry, I, I was boxing with my words. <laughs> Punching you with your ears with my words. KO. <laughs> iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Please comment on iTunes. We appreciate those quite a bit. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. And for one more week at least, keep on dreaming. <laughs>